0: Let me end up and wrap up the series on Isaiah 54 today. I want you to get your Bibles out to chapter 54 of Isaiah verse 17. Isaiah 54 verse 17. And last week, by way of review, we focused on uh, the character and the nature of God who happens to be our partner. That's why when we're singing these songs today, and the worship team did such a great job capturing the heart of of what today is about, when we're singing these songs, it's a reminder that that God that we're singing about is, is in covenant with us. Isn't that awesome? He's our, he's our partner. He's our dad. He's our, our covenant, uh, uh, a, a partner that will not ever let us loose. He's committed to us with, with a fierce kind of commitment. And so we talked about last week, God was given his resume on uh, who he was and why we needed to trust him. You know, he tells us to quit being afraid, he tells us to move out from the shame. And those things are scary. If we've been in fear all of our life, we're kind of comfortable with fear. Anybody know what I'm talking about? At least you, you, know, you know yourself. You've been a scaredy cat all your life. Well, you're comfortable being that way. At some level, it's, it's always scary to change. And so when he says, don't be ashamed, it's scary to not be ashamed. If he says, trust me and move out of your comfort zone, it's, it's fearful to do those kinds of things. And so God doesn't just tell us and give us a pep talk. He says, wait a minute, you need to understand who's talking to you. And remember last week, we talked about these six qualities of God, which are amazing. God says, I'm your creator. I'm the one who made you. I know everything about you. Don't tell me what you can and can't do. I created you. Let me tell you what you can and can't do. And secondly, he said, I'm your bridegroom, God. In other words, I'm not, I'm not just a far off, removed, powerful, distant God. I'm your marital partner, I'm the one who loves you, I'm the one who chose you, I'm the one who's crazy about you, are you with me? It's, it's the passion of God for each one of us this morning. And then he said, my name's Protector, I'm the Lord of heaven's armies, I'm going to go ahead of you and fight your battles for you. And isn't it interesting God many times in scripture the Lord says I'm going to do this with my righteous right arm. God only needs one arm. He never talks about his left arm. He only talks about his right arm. It's like God says, "You know what? I'm just going to tie my left arm behind my back cuz I can whip all my enemies with one hand." That's the God who fights for us. The most common name for God in the Bible in the Old Testament, the Lord of Hosts or the Lord of Heaven's armies. God is a Excuse me, God is a fighter, and we need to remember that. He's also our redeemer. He's the one who purchased us with his blood so that we could be a part of his family and we could be free from those things which hold us down and keep us trapped by sin. This is good, too. He said, I'm the holy one. I'm the only one qualified. I'm the only worthy one uh, to set people free from from the curse of sin because of his pure holiness and his lifestyle. And last, last week too, last thing God said, He goes, "I'm the God of all the Earth," which means the scope of God's authority is global. It's cosmic. There's not one area in the entire created universe, the galaxies, where God cannot say, "I have authority to rule and reign right here." How many of you know that is a big, big God? And the good news is is He is our partner. He is our covenant partner. And so, as we're getting ready to wrap up this series, I want to read now Isaiah 54, 17, because uh, this is a great promise for us as we are stepping out. Uh, and we find it here in verse 17. The Lord says, But in that coming day, He says, No weapon that is turned against you is going to succeed. You will silence every voice that has been raised to accuse you. How I many you know Satan is the accuser? And these benefits these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the lord their indication or vindication rather will come from me i the lord have spoken now i think the reason god has to remind us that no weapon formed against us will prosper is the fact that somebody has a weapon out means that they are opposing us all right i'm being making an understatement here if somebody has a weapon pulled on you you can assume That's probably an enemy, all right? That is not my friend right there. That is an enemy. It's interesting that many of you came into the kingdom of God under the guise of a religious lie. It went something like this. If you give your life to Christ, you'll be enveloped in a giant love bubble, and you'll be safe and secure from any challenges, any opposition, any attacks, You'll live happily ever after, and it'll all be great. You'll you'll get absorbed in the love bubble of God. Now, how many of you know we sang about God being drenched in love today? That's unquestionable, amen? But how many of you know, as soon as you were taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light, Satan had a slight problem with that? In fact, any time, hear me, any time you take ground, you have an opposition, you have, you have an opponent, you have an adversary, Satan. And he does not like it when we take ground. He does not like it. If you've been in his, in his hand for years and you've been under his control, I mean, we saw a Celebrate Recovery on the video. If you've ever been addicted to anything and all of a sudden you get this great idea that you say, you know what? I'm sick of being addicted. And you turn your life to Jesus and you want him to set you free and you start moving towards freedom. Is it a cakewalk? No! In fact, isn't it the truth? You make one step towards freedom, and you have all hell hit you in the face sometimes and knock you back three steps. And then you know why the devil does that? Because he's saying, don't even think about doing that again. And you go, okay, well, that's a good point that you have there. And some people will just shrink right back into the place where there's no opposition. That's not a wise place to live, because you're still an enemy you're still under captivity. You're still not living the way God has you to live. You're still not walking in the blessing God has for you. But you're just—you've been faked into a, a a truce. But I mean, you know, this truce is coming to an end, and you're going to have to to, to face the, the 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 piper, pay the piper here at some point. and, uh, and so we need to understand every time we're crossing over there is going to be attacks. Now, there's going to be personal attacks and there's going to be corporate attacks. Let me just tell you what we just did this morning in a major way. We just picked a fight with the devil. We just, we just absolutely took the, the glove down and threw the gauntlet down and to, to borrow from Clint Eastwood, we just said, go ahead and make my day. All right? So that's what we did. We did that in the spirit. We, we poked the devil in the eye in the spirit is what we did And we said, how do you like that? There's 21, but there's more coming. (laughs) And then we let out a hideous laugh in the Holy Ghost, all right? But I'm just telling you, what we just did here this morning, the devil's not taking it laying down. There will absolutely be pushback. Let me tell you something else. We're making commitments today to expand. We have 20 acres of land that God has given us, and I told you before, it is not to cut grass on. I I, I know that's not the purpose. God did not give us 20 acres for cutting the lawn, although any of you that cut lawns, that's a good thing to do. But that's not why we got 20 acres out there. I mean, you know, God has 20 acres of land apportioned to us here so that we can see 20 acres of people ministered to and set free and, 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 and released from opposition, demonic attacks, so forth. So that you get the point. But we just picked a fight today. We're picking a fight today, and I want you to have that, that spirit. But here's the good news is we have a mighty warrior who goes ahead of us. Now, in the book of Nehemiah, this is interesting because Nehemiah picked a fight. You all know the story. He saw the desolation that was there among uh, uh, the temple and his people. And God put a huge vision in his heart, and he began acting on that vision. And God gave him immediate favor right at the beginning. I just want to say we have had supernatural favor thus far. It's been amazing. Favor with the city. Favor with bankers. Favor with people. I mean, God has given us supernatural favor. That's the kiss before the attack is what that is, okay? If you look at Nehemiah you saw that immediately when the wall started going up, people started getting angry. Well, what are you guys doing over there? Well, how come that's going on? Well, what about this? And people outside start getting angry. Have you ever had that happen personally? You share your vision or whatever. Somebody starts getting, in a strange way, angry. And then it's another way he attacks, through mockery and ridicule. What are you guys doing? What do you think you're trying? Remember when the wall started coming up, the enemy said, what are you building there, this little puny wall? If a, if a fox ran on the wall, it would fall over. They're mocking him. They're ridiculing him. That's one of the devil's tactics is to make fun. How about threats and intimidation? When the, when the mockery had no effect, then they started saying, you know what? We're going to hurt you. We're going to sue you. We're going to make you pay. We're going we're to vandalize what you're doing. Uh, the devil doesn't play fair. And of course, these were all big, loud barks, you know, chihuahua-like bark. And, and, and what did Nehemiah do? He just ignored him. He said, well, we're going to keep moving on. I like this one. When, when you go through these attacks, the effect that it has on people is it makes you exhausted or discouraged, which is the next way that the enemy goes after us. Have you ever been under personal attack and at some point you're just like, God, I'm just tired of this. I am just tired of this season that, I, that I'm in. You need to understand that when you've reached a place of exhaustion, that's also a weapon that the enemy is bringing against you. Because when people are fatigued, there's a famous phrase that I like to remember, Fatigue makes cowards of us all. You know, people that are tired just don't want to step out. People who are tired don't want to believe God. People who are tired don't want to pick a fight And so what the devil will do many times is he'll just get you exhausted with life. Some of you are maybe there this morning. The good news is no weapon formed against you will prosper. The good news is the partner God that we have is on our side to bring revival, reformation, encouragement, refreshing, and breakthrough no matter where you're at this morning. But recognize exhaustion and discouragement as weapons that are being used against you right now. That's not where the enemy wants you. In fact, in Nehemiah 4.10, it says, Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired. There's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall ourselves. We won't be able to do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. That is a, that is a weapon of the devil. I mean, you know, the Word of God says we can do all things through Christ, who gives us the strength to do it. So this is where we have to combat all these weapons that Satan's you know, aiming at us with the truth of God's word. Now, this next one's important. I want you to hear it. Satan also poses us through a spirit of negativity. And I want you to see this. When when he can't defeat us from without because we're too unified, then he moves on the inside. And he starts creating a spirit of negativity. Now, this is interesting and very insightful. I want you to hear this. It was the Jewish people who lived, hear this, by the enemy. It was the Jewish people who lived close to the enemy and had no personal investment in the building project in Nehemiah's day. Who were starting the negativity? Is it interesting? So, so they lived close to the enemy's camp, and while all the rest of their people were building over there, they stayed over here and they just started doing this. Now, I found this to be true, and this is the way it works in the church. Much of the negativity in the church comes from professing Christians who live near the enemy, but they're not personally invested in the work of the Lord. Now let me give you a hint. If someone's ever bending your ear about what's going on in your church, and they're negative, 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 just ask them this question: Hey, could you tell tell me for a moment what was your pledge amount? I'm just going to give you a hint because I'm going to tell you what their pledge amount was: zip. Because people who are invested are not complainers. They're prayers. They're workers. They're servants. They're full of faith. They're pulling together. But people with zero investment, wah, 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 wah. And you know what? They're hanging out close to the enemy's camp, and they got no skin in the game. Am I speaking the truth here? This is why I'm encouraging you all, find a place to serve the body of Christ. When you, if you're here and this is family for you, find a place to serve. If you're here, guess what? Get skin in the game in some way with your time, your talent, your treasures because people with skin in the game are people that are pulling the same direction and they're people full of faith and they're people that are believing God and there's no room for negativity. I told you this before, man, raising eight kids, I did not ever criticize my wife. You know why? Because I would be stupid because I need help. And you know what? Okay, so you didn't attain this level. I'll take this level, all right? In other words, she could look the same way at me, all right? It can go both ways. We can all look at the things that are wrong. No, 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 no. We got too many babies to care of, especially when they were all little, man, filling diapers, filling, making messes. I'm just grateful for somebody that's on my team. There's no room for negativity. It's like, hallelujah, you're showing up, you're breathing. I love you. Come on. It's the same way in the body of Christ. Thank God for all of you. I love all of you. I appreciate all of you. I'm for all of you. Let me just be real clear here. We're not fighting negativity, but I'm just telling you, I'm I'm warning you. That's one of the attacks of the enemy. We got folks that are excited and positive, and we're moving ahead, and it's all cool. It's all good, all right? So that's not the issue. Lastly, he opposes us. All these things together work to intimidate us and to make us afraid. You know, when the devil comes and really slaps your hand after you reached out to try to believe God, then the next time you think about reaching out, you're like, ah! You know, we tell the story, this is what I love about Pastor Dick. Some of you are here when we did the 30 days of the tent out there. On day one, it hit the fan. All right, day one. And then it just piled up from there. What was our goal? Just to worship Jesus, pray for people, love people for 30 days straight. It hit the fan day one. All right? And then we got to the end, and we had all kinds of negative stuff happen, and we were sitting at a meeting, and Pastor Dick, in his own Pastor Dick style, says, Hey, I got an idea. Let's do it again next year with a bigger tent. Yeah! <laughs> 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 yeah! Now, I just got to tell you, I love that attitude because what it says is the devil's a jerk. God was incredibly pleased with what just took place here. We can measure our relevance by the degree of our opposition. In fact, I'm just going to tell you this. If you're living in the love bubble on the love boat, and you're out suntanning on the deck as somebody drops grapes in your mouth and fans you, you might be irrelevant to the kingdom of God. When you can hear the sounds of the bombs going off and the, and the bullets flying over your head, it might mean you're close to the battle front. So I'm just telling you all, everybody's like, yeah, let's be on a world-changing church. Oh, God, what have you just prayed for? <laughs> because if your church is going to be a devil-kicking, you know, war, you know, a fight-picking church, all right? then you just have to develop a certain tolerance for opposition. But here's the word of the Lord. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. I'm going to say it again because we need to hear it. No weapon that's ever formed against you or me will prosper. And I love this one. God says, I'm going to shut the mouths of the accusers. I'm going to shut them up. Do you know the best way to shut up the enemy is just to let God's fruit come forth in our lives? How about this? We keep loving in the face of opposition. We keep being generous. We keep reaching out. We keep giving. You know, the Lord, none of this was planned, by the way, but this week represents the one-year anniversary that we sowed a generous, generous gift. This church gave $10,000 to a local church that was, that was uh, remodeling. And this week, the pastor called me up of that church, and he said, would you come? I would love to take you through the building and I want to show you what God's done. And we walked through that church together. And they've done a spectacular job. I mean, they turned that library in town into the most gorgeous facility. And you know what? We had the most incredible time of fellowship. And I just said, great job, and cheered him on. And I ooed and awed about what they had done in that facility. And it gave me such a sense of satisfaction. Because listen, at the time we sewed the check, none of this was set in motion yet. We gave because we want to bless the body of Christ. You know what? The best way to shut up the mouth of the accuser is is to demonstrate the very opposite of what he's accusing you of. And so you know what? We're going to be a generous people. We're going to be a supernatural people. We're going to believe God for things that are bigger than we can even get our brains around. We're going to send our best off to places that are really dark. We would never do that in our right mind. That would be dumb to do that in our right mind, apart from the fact that God says, no weapon formed against you will prosper, and I'm the God of all the earth. So that's why we go places. That's why we do things. That's why we're out there on the hill at Planned Parenthood, and why we're ministering hope to people and why we keep a voice of righteousness there and why we want to see that place shut down in Jesus' name because we want to love people. We want to love women. We want to love children. We want to love the men involved and we want to minister life to people. Well, pastor, that's not the very politically correct church growing thing to do. Who gives a rip? I don't care about all that stuff. We care about truth. We care about righteousness. We care about picking fights with the devil and I can't think of a better place to pick a fight with the devil than standing for life. Uh, in a culture that embraces death. So resistance is always a sign of relevance. Now, let me end with this, and then we're going to do something incredibly awesome and prophetic today and make history today. When, you know, you wonder where where in the, the American military system did they come up with this idea of having chaplains? Well, guess what? It came from the Bible. Before Israel went out to war, God prescribed certain regulations or certain protocol to follow before Israel went out to fight their enemies, before they picked a fight, all right? And he said, I want the priest to come, and I want the priest to speak to you, and this is what I want. The Lord even provided the sermon for the priest, all right? You ready? Here's the sermon. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 3 and 4. This this was the instructions for Israel before they go out to fight. I'm standing here as a priest of the Most High God before you. We're just picking a fight this morning. I'm just trying to be biblical. All right, you guys ready? This is God's word to you directly. Listen to me, all you men of Israel, the ones who are going to go out to fight. Do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them, for the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies, and he will give you victory. How many of you know we have got to be partnered with God before we pick a fight, or we're going to come back with our head and our, and our hands? You know, this is not going to be good. How many of you believe God wants to, to touch more people, lead more people to him, heal more people, equip more people, send more people, reach more nations, heal more marriages, reform culture, and radically change every broken heart? How many of you think God's for all that stuff? All right, good. I think we're on good ground, all right? I think we're on good ground as we partner and as we step out in faith because that's the goal of all this. God says, I'm going to fight for you, and I will give you victory. Now, I've got probably six or eight other verses here with the same message. It's awesome. I'm only going to read one more. This is in Psalm 118. So if you guys could skip ahead to Psalm 118 there in the booth. Psalm 118, verse 10. David says, Though hostile nations surrounded me, I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Isn't that good? Yes, they surrounded me. They attacked me. But I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. They swarmed around me like bees. They blazed against me like crackling fire. But I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Anybody seeing a pattern in this verse? All right, my enemies did their best to kill me, but the Lord rescued me. Hallelujah. The Lord is, the, is my strength and my song, and he has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm, there it is again, the strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. Now, here's what we're going to do in just a moment. In fact, if you guys can help me out, we can get our ushers Ready right now. We're going to pass out a commitment card to everybody, and I just want you all to take one. I'm not assuming everybody can or will participate. We've got visitors here today. Obviously, this is a family event today, but hey, it's open for you too if God speaks to your heart. But we're going to pass out these commitment cards, and we're going to do Psalm 118. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. We're going to sing some victory songs today. We're singing over the entire process is what we're going to do. So guys, go ahead and start releasing those if you would. And let me just make a couple of comments. On the bottom of this card, there's a very important statement. And it simply says this. Uh, Basically, this is just a commitment between you and the Lord. This is not a legal contract. This is not anything we're going to be uh, pulling out and saying, hey, did Lynn Churchill uh, fulfill her pledge? That's not the purpose of this at all. It's not what we are going to do. This is between you and the Lord. And it says on there, if at any time this pledge needs to be altered, feel free to alter it. Now, here's how I want to believe with you guys. How many of you know God many times will alter your pledge by blessing you more? So I'm hoping some of you have to alter it. Because you said, you know what? I got into this a year ago, but God's blessed us so much, we need to change, all right? That's the alteration. But if any of you would fall upon any kind of financial hardship, and sometimes there's seasons where that happens, praise the Lord, be released, all right? Happy faces, hearts full of joy. That's what this is all about. Our confidence is in Him. We're trusting Him, all right? Now, when you get your card, I want you to turn to the, to the back of it because it talks about creative giving. And I just want to highlight a few things on that section. Um, sometimes we get creative by deferring major pur- purchases in our life. And I'm just showing you, I'm, we're living out what we're preaching here, okay? Um, the church owns a small I don't even know what the, the style is, but it's a, it's a white Cadillac. You've probably seen it driving around. It's the church's car. It's not my car, but it's the church's car that's provided for us. That car has been owned by the church since 2003. It's approaching 200,000 miles on it. We were looking at getting a new car before we were going into this building project, getting the church a new car. And you know what we said was, you know what? It's got, two, it's got nearly 200,000 miles on it. Hey, let's believe God for three, all right? Because here's the deal. It's not priority right now. Uh, What's priority right now is finishing this project. You might have some purchases where you're saying, you know what? Yeah, we'd like to do that, but we're going to direct that money in a different direction just for this season so we can see this project completed. Notice also we got here things like garage sales. You can get your whole family involved. Teach your children about stewardship, having a garage sale. Um, So get the kids involved in this. I want my kids to hear the stories. Hey, look what happened with Katie. Look what God did with Katie. Those are cool stories that my kids are going to always store away in their heart as it relates to God. All right, Um, you can reduce spending. Some of you might say, you know what, we go out to eat once a week, twice a week, whatever. I go to this place or that place. We're going to take that money that we normally spend. We're going to direct it toward this project. Uh, and it's tax season, so some of you might be getting majorly blessed with more than you anticipated. Maybe God's speaking to your heart saying, hey, why don't you sew that into the I-54 campaign? But I want you to see the, the graph there at the bottom. You know, some of you, if you're a teenager, why don't you consider $5 a week, 5 bucks? Look at over three years, you will have contributed 780 bucks as a teenager uh, to this project. How awesome. Now, let me just share with you what we did we're saying, Lord, where where are we getting money from? And just so you all know, Marion works part time here at the church. My lovely wife, uh, and she makes about two hundred and fifty bucks a week. All right, now we're not going to Hawaii on that, but it's two hundred and fifty bucks, and uh, with eight kids, it goes somewhere, right? We just decided, okay, two hundred and fifty a week—that's thousand dollars a month. We decided we're just going to take that whole portion of our income and just give it all to the Lord. Do you know? $1,000 a month over three years put us just under 40 grand. So you know what? We said, 40 grand, that's incredible. Let's go for 40. So we took, we took all of that, and then we said, let's raise it up. So I'm just telling you, that was from a family that's saying, where are we finding money, all right? Uh, now, here's the deal. That, t- that comes out of our normal budget. So guess what's going to have to happen? God's going to have to be God. Which means I'm going to be up there telling you stories for three years, all right? Or else I'm going to be signing up for the meal program and having you bring food over to my house every night for dinner. But I'm not expecting that. I'm believing God's going to do great things. My point is we all have areas where we can invest. And here's my only heart as a pastor, my only desire, is that everybody would do something. I have no expectations, but just everybody gets skin in the game. Because we're investing in something that's going to make history here at Living Stones and really is going to be able to meet more people, touch more people, minister to more people. So turn the card over if you would be willing to fill out your name and your phone number and your email legibly so we can know who you are and know how to contact you. And let me just mention, if you were part of the group, and I just got to share this before you move on. We had some of our leadership team because I told you the leaders need to be in the game first. So we got... A bunch of leaders together, and we said, would you be willing to make an early commitment and let us know in advance how much you're planning on investing in this, what your commitment level is? And I just got to tell you, we can put that slide up. 44 people have already been responsible for just under a million dollars, 900,000 plus dollars. That's just with 44 families, all right? We have a lot more families than that. Now, that's awesome our our goal was a million our faith goal was 1.5 million our over the top goal for this project was 2 million and pastor Dick just raised it $100,000 on top of that so 2.1 all right now that would be that would be god you have done an amazing thing but i'm just telling you a small core of people have already raised nearly a million dollars that's that's unbelievable that's awesome and uh, and so the rest of us, and if you were part of that group, you, we're all taking part today, everybody that's here, so just put same as before and fill out your name and drop it in. Or if you're if it was altered in some way, put use this one and put the new amount, all right? Whatever it is. Um, but everybody, we just want to pray about it and participate. Now, you might be new here or you might be a guest here this morning. That's, that's great. We're glad that you're here. Again, I'm releasing you. You don't feel in any way obligated to this. But if you're saying, Pastor, I need to pray about this more, that's great. Take it home with you. You got an envelope there. It's got a return address drop it in the mail, send it to us, take it home, pray about it. Uh, Here's the deal. I want you just to get before the Lord, hear what God's saying, and just obey the Lord. It's as simple as that. So check it out. We got the name, uh, the total amount of your commitment over three years. I'm hoping that we don't have to go three years. I'm hoping we can knock this off in a year. Wouldn't that be great? Um, And you can see the different giving ways. Weekly, uh, monthly, yearly, annually, one-time gift. I also want to mention, you know, one of our family members uh, gave some resources in terms of stock. That's what that bottom uh, box is for. Some of you might have other types of resources like that that you would be willing to give to this project. And so you can give it that way. Um, You know, there's lots of ways to do it. And then the only reason we ask for a signature at the bottom, this is not a legal thing in any way. But how many of you know we sign all kinds of stuff? If you go out to eat today and you put it on a credit card, what are they going to have you do? Sign. Uh, so anywhere you go, you go buy gasoline, your credit card, what are you gonna do? Sign, so that just says, that's really me, and that, that was me, and I'm believing in faith, all right, so here's what I want you to do, is just pray about that, take some time right now, fill it out, and we're gonna stand to our feet, and we've got this nice bucket up here, this is our commitment bucket, now there's no money today, we're not giving you money today, this is just commitment, in uh, two weeks, is going to be our first fruit Sunday. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be our first offering toward the building, and it's going to be a celebration. Uh, so we're not looking for any, any money at all. We're just looking, what has God put on your heart? And let me tell you why. Because we're going to talk to a bank on Monday, multiple banks. And guess what those banks are going to want to know? How serious is this church with this project? And banks are not spiritual places. They don't go, hallelujah, we're aligning our faith with you. No, they go, show us the numbers. And they want to know how serious of a commitment we are. But I'm just telling you, we're already really serious, all right? We're just going to get more serious uh, this morning. So uh, hop to your feet. I'm going to have David and our worship team lead us in a great song. And listen, as as we're singing this, I want us to declare that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. And there's going to be a point in time when I'm going to come down here after you've all had your chance to make your way up here. In no particular order. Just come as God leads you. But here's what I want us to do with the men because the Deuteronomy passage was directed towards men. All right? Fighters. Warriors. I'm going to lift this up as an act of faith before the Lord. And I just want every man whose heart is united with me to come and lift their arms with me. And we're going to present this as an offering to the Lord. And I'm going to ask God... For breakthrough on every front, that God would open doors, prosper us, release resources, inheritances, other things that are totally outside of your understanding right now, because that's just the way God is, okay? So follow my lead, but let's worship, and as you feel led, come on down.